And welcome back to the TSAM Run Podcast. I am your host, Mark Paisant. As always, great to have you here. We have a really great show for you today. But before we get started, as always, this show is brought to you by 6AM Run and 6AMRun.com. Head over to the website to sign up to get 20% off of your purchase. With over 10,000 five-star reviews, I think you'll enjoy 6AM Run as much as I do. So today, we are talking to Chris Smith. Chris Smith is the host of the Chatty Geek Hidden Dragon podcast, where he talks about so many things, including mental and social health, maybe a little martial artistry in there too, community building, meditation, all that good stuff. So Chris, thank you so much for being a part of the show. If you don't mind, just go ahead and introduce yourself for everyone. Yeah, thank you so much for having me as well. So my name is Chris and I am the host of Chatty Geek Hidden Dragon, which is a, a podcast and live stream promoting conversations about mental and social health. We talk to people from all walks of life and we just try and get the idea across that talking about our mental health isn't something that we should shy away from. Our mental health is generally just our own internal weather system. Sometimes it's nice and sunny, sometimes it's rainy, and that's just the way it is, and it can be affected by all kinds of things. Uh, we bring people in from all walks of life to have conversations about their own experiences, how they're feeling right now, and their coping mechanisms and the things that they do themselves when they're going through hard times. And we all just get together and promote the idea and support each other that it's okay to talk about this stuff. And why I love this topic so much is I haven't mentioned it on this show yet, but I'm actually the host of another podcast called Relatively Normal, which I speak about these things. So I really appreciate someone, anyone doing their part to eliminate the stigma around mental health and it's been documented in my history, at least, that I've used running as my coping mechanism, that I've worked so hard to have healthy coping mechanisms and people get stressed all the time and get anxious and depressed and they may go to not so productive and healthy coping mechanisms. But the first question I have for you, and I think I have it for a lot of people who talk about this subject, is what got you going in this space? I mean, so many people shy away from this space, but you said, I'm going to take it head on and do something about it. So what got you started with this? Well, it's been very gradual. I mean, I've been doing martial arts for nearly 25 years now, and I've been doing Buddhist practice, meditation practice for roughly the same time, maybe a couple of years short of that. And it is all gradually amalgamated into one big connected cobweb of stuff. That's the best way yeah. I can describe it. And through a lot of, so for me, there's been no epiphany, really. There was no kind of wake up call or anything like that. It is just gradually the realization has gotten stronger and stronger that everything affects our mental health and our mental health affects everything that we do and it affects the decisions we make and like you say sort of with the habits and behaviors that we pick up through our experience our, we learn which directions to go into to alleviate the times when our mental health is a little bit stormy 
perhaps some people may turn to chemical relief mm-hmm. products, things that way. Some may, and I don't necessarily mean the hard stuff. I mean, people may just go out and, and you know, party a little bit. Also, people do maybe what you might describe as healthier means, which is maybe going for a run, doing a bit of exercise, getting a bit of burnout, or going for a long walk in nature. But again, it's a it's a balancing act, so we can go too far. A lot of mental health problems that can be related to eating disorders where can also lead to overtraining and pushing yourself too far, so that balance isn't quite there. So generally for me, when I look back now, I'm 41 years old. So when I look back now, the, uh, retrospectively, there's a lot of decisions I made now, although that felt sensible at the time, and although I thought I was doing the right thing at the time, or I was maybe just giving a break at my time. Retrospectively, I can now sit and look back at those moments and see, yeah, they were really heavily influenced by my mental health at the time. And we're talking, you know, big life-changing decisions and life-changing actions that I did. Some things I'm proud of, some things I'm not so proud of. But, you know, so what happens is, is the actions that we choose, they affect ourselves, they affect our course of life moving forward. They also affect the people around us and they affect the course of the people around us going forwards. And, you know, we can gain people as friends and family and we can lose people as friends and family. So when you look at this from this perspective, examining our mental health and keeping that moment-to-moment awareness and sort of influencing that can only be a good thing because it can help us to make what I like to say is the opposite action. So the not the opposite. The opposite means it's the most appropriate thing to do in that moment. And that is kind of the ultimate goal is always being able to find that opposite action. And if we can do that, that leads to the actions that have the more healthiest effect on ourselves and also the community and the people and the family and friends around us. So looking at this, this is what's something that I'm so passionate about. And I think by bringing people together to also talk about their own experiences and how they find that thing. Because a lot of what we talk about in our podcast at Chatty Geek Hidden Dragon is we go over the hidden dragon section and we go, right, okay, we've done the mental health spotlight. We've talked about the experience. We've talked about the road your life went down. The hidden dragon, we talk about what are those hidden gems? What's that wisdom that you've learned? And what do you use now retrospectively moving forwards? And by bringing people together, it shows the listeners and the viewers that Everybody is going through this stormy weather inside. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Everybody is making decisions, good or bad, based on that. Everybody is able to confirm that those actions have affected people around them, but also they're able to acknowledge that they now have things that they've learned from that, and we can together bring ourselves together and talk about how each of us find that kind of opposite action and how we find that right thing to do, which brings and breeds a healthier community. So ultimately, here we are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're absolutely correct because I think some people fail to realize is what you just said, like we're all connected. And when 
people start to realize, because you know this, you know, being in this space, is that one of the worst things about being in being in a mental health crisis or being, you know, down on yourself or whatever is you often feel alone, mm. and you often feel like no one else has these thoughts, or you feel like everyone else is thinking about you having these thoughts. Mm-hmm. And when you put it in a way that you put it like, hey, listen, everyone goes through that rough time. Everyone has these feelings. Everyone, people just deal with it different ways. And once you get that out in the open, it's almost like that aha moment. Yes. Almost like that light bulb goes off up top. And people start to open up and they start to feel a little better about themselves. And one thing you mentioned, I, I want you to talk about a little bit more is that, mm-hmm. you know, when you talk about the things you've gone through in the past and how we learn from them and how we, you know, redo the things we know have worked, a lot of that comes with finally forgiving the person who we used to be yes. and finally forgiving those toxic relationships or there's things that we did incorrectly. If you're a runner, you know, like me, for instance, I was in a spot where I was using running to cope and I overdid it, ended up injuring myself. And I, for the longest time, could not, I was so upset that I even went out on that run. I was in a bad place. I started gaining the weight back. And it wasn't until a point where I said, you know what? I forgive that person. They didn't know what they were doing. They were just trying to better themselves. So I kind of want you to talk about how someone, either how you got to that point where you could learn from your past and kind of forgive what you did or how someone can say, hey, listen, that was me five years ago. That was me two weeks ago. I want to move on and be a better person now. Yeah, that's a brilliant question. And it could almost be something that you can spend 20 years (laughs) meditating on. You know, how do we learn to forgive ourselves? How do we learn to forgive the person that we were? So the best advice I can give, there's two things came to mind immediately. One is, like you quite rightly said, Mark, is that we're not on our own. So everybody is going through this same roller coaster. We're all really, although we sort of, we've evolved for millions of years to put this face on, to be able to pretend that we've got our shit together. Pardon my language. We're, we're allowed to curse yeah, on this show. Yeah, You're fine. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. heard I've heard the cursing in the previous yeah, podcast, okay, good. so I'm sure I'm okay. The truth is, is we're all really, to some varying degrees, we're all kind of scrambling in the dark a little bit. We're all trying to work out what's happening. So that's the first thing: is that we're all the same. Essentially, we're all in different circumstances, and we all are at varying degrees of, you know hardships or you know what good fortune things like that but ultimately when it all boils down to it in the grand scheme of things we're all pretty much in the same situation and that we're all scrambling in the dark that's the first thing the second thing to recognize and it's quite difficult to remember this but we are at the i hope we're at the back end but we're at the back end of a massive population boom so there's nearly eight billion people on the planet. And the technology boom is even more than that, right? So we have got technology where we have maybe not the whole 8 billion, but pretty much everybody is on Facebook or is on Twitter or is connected in some way and gets to see, gets to have that sense that we're all connected. And my point is this, our brains, the natural evolution of our minds 
wasn't ready for where we are now. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't prepared for this. And there's no way we could be. You know, our minds, uh, you know, however many hundreds, thousands, whatever years ago, when we were making tools out of rocks and stuff, you never thought we were going to be landing people on the moon or that we were going to have so many billion people using a Facebook app on a little tablet on the phone so you could scroll through and see what the entire country is opinion is on a certain thing. We were not prepared for that. What we were prepared for and what we haven't really, I don't believe, naturally evolved from is where we were in small communities of hunter-gatherer type, trying to keep tabs and be socially amalgamated with the communities that we were a part of. And that's what we do. Now, the point I'm making is our brains have evolved to train us to amalgamate. So when we are going through a hard time, let's say someone was, you know, maybe broke the leg, but they were part of a community, this small hunter-gatherer community. Well, back in those days, that would mean that you weren't able to gather food or that would mean that you weren't able to go hunting or that would mean that you weren't able to care for the children or things like that. So your brain would punish yourself because it would make you feel bad about the fact that you were on your own and you were not useful to that community. And that's how we've evolved to be a useful human race. So, for example, one of the bigger examples I use is that women in a community would generally work to caring for the children. And so they would need to form very, very tight-knit groups so that they would be able to care for the child and be a successful group that would help to to raise the young and or go out and, and do their own work as well. If you look, uh, we're going off on a bit of a tangent, but if no, you look... you're fine, you're yeah. fine. So if you look at women now, you get girls now, young females that are going to school, for example. So I'll just backtrack a bit. So the girls in these communities that would have to be working within this group, they, it would have to work. And if there was any risk that what they were doing or how they were feeling or any feelings that they weren't working within this group, the brain had evolved to punish that individual, to make them feel bad about it. You know, if they weren't looking right or if they weren't able to do whatever or whatever, the brain would punish that individual. But now, these days, we have a young girl that goes to school that's got 300 and 400 students. And we have bullying that goes on at school and we have cyberbullying that goes on at school. So, you know, we weren't evolved for things to go viral and we, were, we weren't evolved for things to go to get cyberbullied. But what we have evolved is to punish ourselves and make ourselves feel alone and isolated if there was stimulus that made us feel like we weren't benefiting the group that we were a part of and so the ultimate points that we backtrack right down to is the fact that yes you're not on your own everyone is going through this mess but also the feelings the the vast majority of your feelings providing you haven't got you know like a mental health condition of some kind the isolation that you feel when you're going through a hard time is actually perfectly normal so this is the ultimate thing that we've gone around if you find yourself 
beating yourself up about something, if you feel like you're, I don't know, there's there's awful things that we call ourselves, you know, we say that we're being weak, we say that we're being useless, we say that we're being a baby, or we say that, you know, we're not being strong enough, or we're not, you know, man up, that's like the, the, one of the awful phrase, things like that. I can't even stand that. I can't. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All of this rubbishness, but... It's wrong. You don't need to punish yourself like that. But also you can learn to have a little bit of empathy for yourself in the understanding that your brain is just doing what it's trying to do, what it's evolved to do over the last millions of years. Even though we're 8 billion and we're all connected and technology is mind-blowingly advanced mm-hmm. at a rate that we haven't naturally been able to evolve to keep up with, that's not your fault. So it's perfectly natural that your brain is telling you this stuff to feel bad about things. So, yeah, that is one of the most key things is that we put ourselves through a hard time and we tell ourselves that this is reason to isolate ourselves. Mm -hmm. This is reason to keep things to ourselves. You know, if you're feeling weak, if you were part of this small community and you were feeling like you didn't want to leave the house at all that day, you would keep that to yourself. If you were terrified or uh, things like that, you would keep that to yourself because your brain has evolved to tell you that that could get you excluded from the small group, which in those days when there's wild animals and, you know, rival communities roaming around, that could mean that you get killed. So your brain needed to evolve. But I hate to cut you off, but you're still, the thing about it is you're still which I don't think a lot of people, I'm a very pragmatic, my, my brain likes things really simple and I've figured mm. that over time. What you're talking about is the social constructs that turn into internalization, basically. Yes. So when you mention when a person goes from having to do something to feel important mm-hmm. to this person thinking, okay, if I describe this feeling that I have no control over, listen, my body yeah. reacts the way it reacts. Your brain's doing what it thinks your it brain, needs to do. And, and if, I, if I say these things out loud, mm-hmm. I am going to prove to everybody that I'm not worthy of the air I breathe. I'm not worthy to be in this group. I am letting people down. Mm-hmm. I am a weak individual. And again, we take these social constructs. So now you talk about, again, what makes somebody beneficial to a group or what makes somebody worthy to be in a group. It's not necessarily what we've done before, but now we look at the most educated. We look at the people who bring money. We, we look at the class clown that one day just, and I know this from experience, one day just doesn't want to make a joke one day just thinks, you know what, today I'm just want to chill. I don't want to be the center of attention. I just want to, Hey, what's wrong with him? Like what's going on? Like, ah, we're not, you know, it's, we're talking about these social constructs that turn into internalization and what you do and what I'm, you know, what I've read from your bio, what I've kind of learned from you is that your purpose, you feel your purpose is to make people know it's okay to have these discussions. Like you want people to talk more. And, you know, for the listeners of this show, and I can understand this too, is you'll want to go for a run one day. And then one day you're like, you know what? I just, I, I'm tired today. It's like, am I a bad, if I, am I a bad person? If I don't go for this run, am I a bad person? If I don't do, am I, and sometimes the brain just needs to rest. And sometimes we just need to rest. And 
what you're talking about, and I'm glad you said this, you said people are perfectly normal. You said you're fine. This is normal. This is natural. But now I want to ask you this. How does somebody open up? Like you and I are talking and you and I have had this discussions with many, many people in our lives. Like we talk about it because it's gotten easier over time. But that person who's getting bullied, that person who doesn't feel appreciated at home, that person who knows that the feelings they have keep them inside the house and they want to be more outgoing, but they just, they can't verbalize it. How, and it's diff. I know this, you know, it's difficult just to start to get into that mood, but how does someone, and I'll answer my own question real quick, but because I mm-hmm. use therapy, I sure. use therapy mm-hmm. and that helped me so much, but say somebody is not really comfortable with going to a therapist, say they don't really have that many close friends. How does someone just open up a little bit and see the world through a brighter light. Yeah. Right. Another brilliant question. I love this. Right. So I loved it that you said open up because I just wanted to do a couple of sentences on how we said how we've overpopulated, how technology has gone so far. I don't want everybody to think that this is a terrible thing necessarily. It's not all awful. Because one great thing now, because we are becoming more aware of mental health, we are, I think, becoming more compassionate, ultimately, and we are becoming more empathetic, and we are becoming more understanding. And with technology, we have become better connected. Now, the great thing about this is that there are so many ways for an individual to be of benefit to other people. Now, there's so many ways. I mean, you've got people on Twitch that are keeping people company by playing video games. You've got people that are, you know, you get the more nasty side of Facebook, but also you get this massive communities of friendship on Facebook. You get followers on Twitter and you it's, you can get carried away with all of the bitterness and the, the rival and the competition, but you also get a lot of kindness. You get a lot of people saying, happy birthday. I never thought I was going to get so many people that would say happy birthday to me when it's my birthday. And it feels brilliant. So I don't want you to take that away from me, you know? So it's not all bad. That's the first thing I would say. So I want to say to the people that think, that are asking, you know, how do I open up? How do I make that, not so much a leap, but how do I make that small step to speak about it or to start being of benefit if I don't feel like I am being of benefit? I would say to the person that's asking themselves that question that it's not 100% your responsibility to do that. I don't want that person to feel overwhelmed because this ends up them being a very steep downward spiral because they're feeling awful about themselves. And then they're feeling this massive additional weight on the shoulders of the responsibility of, I need to get myself out of this situation. So if you're one of the lucky people that are listening to this that aren't in that situation, you're not asking yourself, how do I open up? Because maybe you're pretty outgoing. Well, to the rest of you, keep being outgoing and ask people how they're doing. Ask people how their day is and invite people to join 
conversations. You know, you don't have to necessarily bring everyone out for a drink or for invite like strangers to the restaurant with you, things like that. But, you know, we went for a walk yesterday and there was a few people past us walking the other way in the woods because we go out for a bit of a walk with nature, me and the wife, and, you know, people pass the other way and, you know, offer a smile and say hello and ask them how the day's going, maybe say what the weather's like or, you know, mention the smell of the trees or something like that, just to sort of, because it's these small actions that slowly bring people out of that. It slowly can inspire people who are thinking, how do I open up? Yes, we need to sort of say something and make that small step, but also it's the responsibility of the, so this is why we talk about social health. It's the responsibility of the rest of us just to be kind, to say, hi, how are you doing? To offer a smile when you've paid for your coffee or whatever, don't like just give them the money and walk off. Just say, thank you very much. You know, offer a smile. So thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. That little thing. You're right. You're Just absolutely right. That little, little thing. That little thing. And, you know, I say this all the time. Like, I mean, everyone loves to text. Like, no one loves to get on the phone anymore. But still, even that text to a friend. Hey, haven't talked to you in a while. Just want to make sure everything's okay. You know, call me. Let's get together soon. You know, nothing. It doesn't have to be. And I, because I, I love that thought of social health. I yeah. love that thought of social health because we all can play a part in making someone's day or helping someone through a crisis or just saying everything's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Those little things play a huge part. And I can say for personal experience that my social circles, are, it's not very big, but I have people who know me well enough that if we haven't talked in a while or they haven't seen me post something or I posted something kind of cryptic, they're like, Hey, let me, let me reach out to Mark and just see how he's doing. And that's the best feeling in the world when I'm having a bad day and I get a text that says, Hey man, love you thinking about you. And, uh, let me know if you want to talk. And that's something we all, that's something we, you're absolutely right. Something we, we all can be a part of. Yeah. And you also, a big thing with you, a huge thing with you is journaling and how that can help others. So you've kind of talked about the social aspect where we all can just help each other. Mm -hmm. But on a personal level, how has journaling helped you? How did you get into it? And how do you help people with their journaling? And what can people even, the biggest issue I have with me is people like, what am I even going to write? Yeah. So, and my answer to that is you can literally write anything. You can literally write write anything. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So journaling is something I've recently started Sometimes I will share it in podcast form. Sometimes I will just do the writing. Journaling for me, I found to be really experimental. And it's kind of, it's your opportunity to validate what your brain is thinking. Mm. Oh, I love I love that word. I love that word, validate, yes. Yeah, you can validate because you can put it on paper and then you can see it in front of you and you can read those words and you can see that is what my brain is thinking right now. And it doesn't have to be your journal. It can be anything. So you can go through the looking glass if you want with your journal and and just really, you know, experiment with the brain because you'll be amazed what things you'll discover. There's also the mental health aspect of journaling is where you can keep, you can keep mood 
records. For my personal taste, I find it a bit too scientific if we're doing sort of giving ourselves mood ratings from one to 10 and logging exactly what we've eaten that day and how much sleep we think we've got and stuff. But, uh, you know, roughly we can, I find it useful to look and go, yeah, okay. So if I'm going through that pattern where I'm beating myself up, I have the most terrible diet mind in that I will beat myself up and I will starve myself sometimes. I will skip lunch or I'll skip breakfast and I'll the worst things in my house is those blooming scales I mean why I have them in the house they just need to go in the bin for me (laughs) but things like that but you can write that down and once you've put those words in the journal you've got that validation and you can see it in front of you and you go right okay this is happening I can see it in front of me I am beating myself up about my weight Mm mm-hmm what am I going to do about that? Because sometimes if we're not journaling it or we can just be saying to ourselves, we're beating up about our weight and it just sits in the back of our mind and it can grow into a bit of a monster without it being noticed. When you do a journal, that monster reveals itself. It's there in front of you and you can mm. actually see it and you can think, what Makes am I going to do? Makes what am real. I going to do about this? The other thing that we kind of, link to what we were saying previously is that it's all about the small steps. It's all about getting those small wins. So when we're looking for those acts of kindness, we can look for those small things. You know, if if you're not confident enough and it might be a bit weird if you go up to a stranger and shake his hand and say, Hey, how are you doing? You know, it might be a little bit standoffish, but Can you bring yourself to offer a smile? Can you bring yourself to maybe say thank you a bit more often? And then into the journal, what small wins have you done? Okay, so as a martial artist, I am always beating myself up. The life of a martial artist is one continuous failure, as is the life of a (laughs) Buddhist practitioner. I say that jokingly, Mm -hmm. but we're always falling short of where we would like to be. It just is our mindset or it can be our mindset sometimes. And sometimes this feeling causes us to forget all of the small wins that we achieve each day. You know, if you manage to get up without pressing snooze 10 times that morning, that could be a win. That's a huge win. That's a huge win. You might not have gone for a run. You might not have done your stretching that morning. But if your alarm went off, you pressed snooze once when you normally will press it five times. That's a win. Put it in the journal, see it in front of you, validate it. Take that as an improvement. You know, if you normally will have three biscuit breaks a day, yeah, with your cup of tea. Now, I don't want to take this. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have three brisket breaks. Mm-hmm. If that's what works for you, go ahead, have those biscuits, enjoy your life, right? Because I think we, we're too carried away mm-hmm. with what we should be doing it's an awful thing you know we think oh you have a a takeaway and and you see it and and you're like you know i shouldn't be eating that that's an awful thing you know give yourself a break and have what you want but maybe if you want to achieve a small win have two biscuits yeah you don't have to skip breakfast and skip lunch all of Mm -hmm. a sudden because you're suddenly feeling a bit of shame inside about who we see ourselves to be and 
the beauty is you can then go through that journal at any time and you can see all those small wins and you can go, look, hey, the person I think I am right now, I'm not that person because look at all of these small victories that I get each day. Yeah, I'm obviously not that person. So let's keep going. Let's keep moving forwards. And I I love it that the fact that we can... First, I want to bring it in because I, I know we have a lot of people who who are into fitness and running and a lot of runners do keep journals, but I would love to know the percentage of runners who keep their running journal, but also put how they felt at the mm. end of that run in their journal. And for anyone starting journaling, I will say this, at the end of each entry, say something nice about yourself. Mm. Be kind to yourself because we, I've run into the issue where I'll start to, to notate everything I don't like about my day or about that I, things I want to change about myself. Today, I'm going to, tomorrow, I'm going to do this. Tomorrow, I'm, you know, be nice to yourself. And you mentioned it and it, it is a great, the word should is my number one bad word. That's the word I try to use the least in my life because should puts us in a way that we automatically think we're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. that we automatically think we have to get better and we're going down the wrong path and it just leads us to that dark place. Mm. And I've always tried to, I say always, I have not always, I have recently tried <laughs> to like reframe how I use that word and reframe how I think about the things I've done in the past and if should even belongs in my, you know, there's a time like, should I have been mean to my brother? No, I shouldn't. Like I should have taken a deep breath and not yelled at my kids. Yes, those are the times should should be used. But man, should I have eaten that extra cookie last night? Well, last night is gone. Last night is gone. Like you're still here. You still have the ability to do anything you want. And we should focus on those things. Through the martial arts, through Buddhism, through journalism, all that stuff, through all these things, you still find a way to have a sense of humor and joke oh, about yeah. things. Like, why do you do that? A, a lot of people, cause, and I'm the same way, but a lot of people mm-hmm. don't want to make a joke. They don't want to, you know, but I see humor as one of the things that brings more people together than the opposite. Mm-hmm. So what is humor to you? How, how does it work for you? Uh, it's something, and, and you mentioned yourself earlier about, you know, the people are the class clown kind mm-hmm. of thing, and that's how they find their identity sometimes. And sometimes it is about identity. Before we did Cherry Geek, Hidden Dragon, we had another podcast, which was Eternal Spring. And it was a very, I am a martial artist, I am a Buddhist, current events, this is what I'm going to talk about, very, very serious. Because a lot of the martial arts circles is very, very serious. But that wasn't me. That wasn't who I am. I'm not serious. I have other freedoms. I have other ways I want to express myself. And I felt like, although it was still mental health centered, I wasn't seeing the right message of just, you know, you are totally free to be yourself. You are totally free to express yourself in whatever way you want. I've struggled the majority of my life that is built gradually from school. You know, you would be the class clown, you would get in trouble and stuff. But, you know, for somehow it went, and I don't know how it happened, but somehow it went from being so comfortable in that, larking about, telling jokes, messing about sometimes, getting in trouble, but having those friends that appreciated it and, and, you know, playing off each other. And to somehow I found myself beating myself up for larking around 
I found myself thinking that I should be more serious than I was, that I shouldn't be joking. And it really, I really had to explore that and figure out what's going on there. Why am I not feeling comfortable when I'm being a bit of a joker, a bit of a clown? And I am one that throws myself into the deep end and I will throw myself out of my comfort zone purely for the exploration and the experimentation just to figure out what's going on. And so a lot of what I do with Chetty Geek Hidden Dragon, when I'm telling the jokes or I'm doing the big dramatic intro with the guests and, you know, I'm kind of joking around a lot of those times. And we had one um, uh, episode which hasn't been released yet, which we had a, a voice actor on. And so for our give it a go section, we had to go at voice acting and we did like gremlin voices and orc voices and all this because we were just lacking about like doing all these like Yoda and all Mm -hmm. these kind of how to produce these voices and act. And I was really, really uncomfortable, but I loved it because you learn so much when you are allowing yourself to just get out of that comfort zone, but also use humor to try and Mm-hmm. connect with people everybody has their own individual framework in how they move through life how they bond with people how they decide which people are the people they want to hang around with which people they feel that they're better off and, and humor plays a big part of that as well and so a lot of the reason why the humor is in my podcast is actually it's actually me being experimental and me sort of pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Cause when I was doing that voice acting and we had another guy on where we did a bit of salsa dancing and I felt so uncomfortable <laughs> doing those things, but it was really good at the same time. Cause it's me with the opportunity and, and giving the listeners the opportunity to witness me throwing those balls and chains off, throwing mm-hmm. the restrictions, the restraints off and allowing myself to, just you know be free which you know is a bit extreme the way i do it on the podcast but you know it shows that it's okay nobody dies you know if mm-hmm. you joke about if you just mess around nobody dies yes you get a few funny looks sometimes but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get kicked out onto the street and abandoned you know it's okay to mess about you and have fun Yeah. What you're basically doing is you're setting that example for others Mm. to be uncomfortable because what, again, personal experience, when you get in these dark spaces, you do everything to try and be comfortable. You do everything to try. You stay in the bed. Mm -hmm. You stay on the couch. You eat the bad food. You don't talk to anybody because you want to control your comfort. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you one time in my life where I decided to be uncomfortable and it wasn't successful. Yeah. Like every time I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a shot at this. I'm going to leave this house and just go hang on with friends. I'm going to go work out or I'm going to go, I'm going to do something that my body is telling me not to do. I'm going to start running. Like I'm going to start running, you know, and I'm going to open up to my wife and tell her exactly how I, I'm going to start a podcast. Like nothing has been unsuccessful when I've gotten out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I might not remember the ones that weren't, but the the ones that weren't probably were just failures to help me become successful or Mm -hmm. opportunities to help me become successful. So I, uh, you know, from one class count to another, I appreciate that. I appreciate you doing that and setting an example. And this has been absolutely 
remarkable. I really appreciate your time. As we wind down here, I kind of want to give you a chance just to talk a little bit more about the show. How can people find you online? What can they expect when they tune in to your podcast? <laughs> well, no two shows are the same. I can I can guarantee that. So yeah, we, you will find us on Chatty Geek Hidden Dragon on the web and on all of the social media sites. Uh, except Twitter, we are at Chatty Geek HD. You'll find us there because we're only allowed so many characters on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We try and get a good a great balance a very very approachable we don't want to people think that because it's a mental health podcast it's going to be very serious a lot of people think if they're going to listen to a mental health podcast that it might be in itself by its very nature a depressing thing to listen Mm to i don't really think any mental health podcast is i think they're all educational and they all have their value we are the class clown trying to get the message across like we say and no two shows are the same i will always bring someone different on and we will always have that freedom for them to express really what gets them motivated however bizarre their interests may be it gives them the opportunity to share those interests with everyone because everybody has a different thing so i'm a martial artist it's done wonders for me but it, it doesn't suit everybody. You know, I would be foolish to say that everybody should do martial arts. I used to think that way. I used to think it would help. Like you've probably thought yourself, everybody should run. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you might I have, have done. I don't, I don't want to put words in here. No, you're, you're right. You're yeah. absolutely right. But it's not the case. Mm-hmm. Not everything suits everybody. Some people just want to do salsa dancing. Some people want to have fun doing voice acting and doing Dungeons and Dragons. Some people want to write a book and put the thoughts into words that way. So we share and uh, introduce other people's enthusiasm to see if we can get something that maybe resonates with different listeners. And, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe they think inspired and they think, yeah, I'll give that a go. And, you know, I'm normal like everybody else. You know, I'm just like everybody else. I'm looking for that something. And maybe this is it. And they'll give it a go themselves. And uh, it's great fun. We do do the mental health spotlight where we talk about sometimes darker times and things that may be triggering. But we always give a warning at the beginning on, sometimes on what we're going to be talking about if it's going to be maybe if it's going to be like a a suicide podcast or if it's going to be like an eating disorder podcast or something like that we'll give that warning at the beginning so you can choose whether to listen to it or not but then we kind of sandwich it with an icebreaker joke of the week and then we have the give it a go section we have 10 questions sharing the love section which is really important so we do shout outs say what we're grateful for and yeah no two shows are the same so don't judge on one episode <laughs> listen to at least two <laughs> and then you'll get the impression but yeah that's pretty much everything i can say really we live stream even better even better live stream yeah. i love it yeah <laughs> we live stream which means sometimes i'm doing it at one o'clock in the morning here because i always try and suit the guest and their sort of fan base or their following so i always make them as comfortable as possible so we will do what suits them and people that watch live can ask questions live they can ask the guest questions about whatever they want and it's quite interactive and and great fun so yeah there we go well that is great 
you know, honestly, I want to commend you on the work that you're doing and please don't ever stop the conversation. I love what you're doing. I love that you were able to be on the show and talk about this subject. And I love that you're bringing a little twist to this because you're absolutely <laughs> right. Like, oh, do we have to talk about feelings? All right. Well, no, let's, let's talk and let's have some fun yeah. with it. Like, just like I tell people, we can go for a run and we can have fun with it. And no one believes me. No one believes me when I say that. But even the people who run for a living don't always have fun doing it. But <laughs> I digress. So thank you, Chris. I appreciate you being a part of the show. As always, everybody, head over to 6amrun.com to sign up to get 20% off of your order. And we appreciate you listening to the show. And if you don't mind, head over to Chris's podcast. It is called Chatty Geek Hidden Dragon. And remember, you have to listen to two episodes at <laughs> least before you make a decision on it. And if you go over there, tell them you came from the 6am run podcast. Chris, awesome having you on the show. You take care of yourself. And uh, hopefully you and I can, can talk a little more later about this, But because I, I really enjoyed this conversation. But thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me on. And I really hope that the listeners have got something from it. <laughs>